it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks once again for your company. This week, the third part in our conversation with Martin Stewart this week, focusing on workplace discrimination. Martin, I want to address an issue that is really important for a lot of people. And we know that the significance of unemployment among the blind and vision impaired community is really high. And of course, many of us battle with this idea of do we disclose our vision impairment uh, upon interview for the job or before the interview for the job or do we try and uh, I guess muddle through and uh, not disclose at all or do we wait until we've got the job I, I guess that's a hairy question and I don't propose that we really explore it in great detail now but it, it just uh, calls to mind one of the case studies that came through to us uh, through New Horizons at bca.org.au and it's about discrimination in the workplace and I'm interested in your thoughts. This individual is female and had a job at a plumbing showroom. And she disclosed her vision impairment on day three of the job. And she was the only woman working in this place and was treated like an idiot by all but one of the males who worked with her. There's two aspects to this. But how, particularly if it's not very overt, do you decide where the angle of discrimination is coming from and how to approach it. Look, discrimination comes in all forms, including the sex discrimination and disability discrimination. And there may have been a combination of both here, which makes your situation quite complex, as I previously said. I just want to say I believe in disclosure even though I think it's a shame that society is still devaluing people with disabilities so much that it becomes the subject. And I think if you don't, one, you're going to constantly have it on your mind as to whether you should have and when you're going to be discovered, et cetera, et cetera. And two, it can be regarded as dishonest, even though it's your right not to. Now, I don't think it's dishonest but it will be seen that way by many, including possibly the people who are sending you the paycheck. It's probably a more confident thing to do as well. You know, I, I mentioned it and here it is. It's, it's not going to play a big role, but it's something that I'll need job access support with, which won't cost you anything. So let's go this person was frequently uh, confronted by individuals who worked with her laughing whenever she bumped into a carton or anything else lying around which happened a lot because uh, her workplace happened to be uh, where uh, deliveries and products and things um, were often left so uh, I think it's pretty clear that in this instance the discrimination was based on the individual's vision impairment but and isn't it, isn't it so sad that a person had the excitement of them gaining a job taken away with a soul-destroying attitude that they were faced with and confronted by every day afterwards? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is really sad. And it's, it's one of those things that 
you know, what do you do about that? How do you deal with it? I think the only way to deal with it is it's a pretty straightforward. Either you do something in a quite vigorous way by taking it to an external body where you may or may not in the end get the result that you want or you leave because it's an issue of your value, your, your existence, your happiness. And such an experience can take all that away and has a serious mental health risk to it. Bearing in mind the potential consequences of mental health, are there ways that somebody can get protection against this sort of um, discrimination? Yes, there's industrial relations courts that you can go to, as well as the anti-discrimination bodies. But once again, we're not strong in that area in this country. The problem is if you have success, you won't change. As a matter of fact, your relationship, your working relationship with your colleagues will probably dip further. And, and that's why I'm saying it's legitimate to decide simply to leave. Mm. Yeah, that can be a difficult decision, can't it? Because on one hand, you might get the result that you want and these people might get wrapped over the knuckles, but it's not exactly likely to endear you to the company long term. What about the, the consequences for future employment of actions like that? Most of the time they are confidential hearings and the results um, and conciliated results are confidential. What can people do to protect themselves against this sort of thing happening to them in the future and people not giving them jobs because they're concerned about litigation and uh, anti-discrimination claims? I think we as an organisation, Blind Citizens Australia, need to publicise such outcomes. I would love to see a situation where people who aren't doing the right thing, companies, can be reported, put out there on a certain list. I mean, there's got to be enforcement and reputation change for the worst if you're doing that. In a case where you're in a company where the people are so hard-line and entrenched. Sometimes time itself takes care of that if we're making progress. At the moment, we're not making enough of it. But in the end, I keep saying, and I'll say it again, we need law that enforces penalties. You don't want anyone to be penalised in life, but if they're doing something which is creating so much trauma for people or a person, I think there's got to be a consequence which will send a message and a public outing of that consequence. So it can be like the pebble in the water. It, it's, it spreads the information and effect. You've mentioned a couple of times uh, making more robust anti-discrimination law and uh, putting in legislative reform and change to make it easier for people both to make claims of anti-discrimination but also to make them more enforceable. How do we as individuals go about making that happen? Strengthen the organisations that you belong to so they will campaign for it. Uh, speaking out about what's happening to you 
write to your local politician or go into their office and let them know. Lobby, lobby, lobby. We've got to speak up. We can't just be seen to be accepting this unfortunate situation where nothing much has changed, if anything, in fact, since the anti-discrimination laws were created. They really haven't done what they were supposed to do. Are there any reforms that you're aware of that you have hopes for that will uh, alleviate the situation for people? I understand the ACT has recently reformed their legislation to be enforceable, much stronger. But really, in the end, we need it to be nationwide and we need it urgently. I, in fact, believe it in some ways enables the practice of discriminating because it's well known by companies there's not a lot we can do unless we take great risk to prove discriminatory behaviour. So I'm afraid to say it's it's well and truly out there because legal departments are communicated with and they send the message back to the people who are speaking to us and actions like, for example, Medicare and other organisations will say, oh, well, you know, we know it's affecting you, but there's not a lot we can do about it. What they're really saying is, and there's not a lot you can do about it either. It's interesting, isn't it, that there's quite a number of cases that have uh, hit the big time, so to speak, in recent years around uh, sex discrimination uh, and all of that sort of thing. But there's very few cases of disability discrimination that we ever hear about publicly. Is there a reason for that, do you think? Yes, the reason is, is that we're not valued enough. So what happens to us, it's it's understood as something that just happens to us. <laughs> it's not we're not valued enough for it to be regarded as a serious offence. So if someone is refused by gaining access, to gaining access into a, a taxi because of the existence of their guide dog, dog guide, they are not protected by the legislation that exists, uh, even though the law is there. Ah oh, well, you know, it's not that important. I'm sorry to have to say what I'm saying, but it is clear to me that offences against us are not regarded as the same as an offence against other groups in this community mm-hmm. in Australia. Sad, but I think it's the, the bitter truth. Do you think it has something to do with the way that we value our access and that we um, that we approach things when we are denied access or when we do face discrimination in the workplace? Um, perhaps if we uh, don't do something about it, we're somehow contributing to the problem? No, I don't want to blame the victim. I, I want to simply state that you've got the right not to do something at the same time, it's better if you do. It's better if the word is spread and that if you feel you can't 
deal with it, that you communicate with someone who can. And I think of people such as myself and Blind Citizens Australia. It really is time that you make that decision and and do it fairly rapidly because the longer you wait, the less opportunity there will be to actually create a resolution or solution. So look, I, I'm not going to say that you should. I'm just saying it's best if you do. Mm. Martin, thanks for being a part of this program. It's been really interesting to talk about these things with you. I'll be really interested to explore with you in future years uh, if any of the work that BCA is doing uh, and other organisations are doing to reform the DDA are actually proving successful and whether we do start to see a decrease uh, in discrimination, both in the workplace and in daily life for people with disability. Thank you, Vaughan. What upsets me is that the process that one needs to go through to prove that they've been discriminated against in itself can be very disempowering because of what the person has to go through, what they have to prove, and then the lack of positive outcome, the cost, the worry, the intensity, then the disappointment is often there. And it's it actually saddens me when I, I have it come to me and we haven't been successful and the person is so exhausted i have to take a break myself because i feel it too and if you're facing discriminatory practice in the workplace or any other form of discrimination i really would encourage you to get in touch with martin as uh, we discussed in the first of these episodes he has had some incredible success with advocacy call blind citizens australia on 1800 033 660 that number again 1800 033 660 if you'd like to email you can email bca at bca.org.au bca at bca.org.au i'm vaughan bennison take care i'll talk to you again next week we'll achieve the realization of our dreams of our dreams